All right, let's get into it. We got our Tuesday evening space. We're going to be talking about getting cash flows flowing into your bank account and starting a business to do it. Um, and also, you know, more than just starting a business, but all like the foundations that come along with that, um, just good uh, habits to form and some fundamental building blocks to help get you there. Um, so, yeah, we'll get, get into all of that because I think establishing uh, cash flow in 2024 outside of just the nine to five is a is a smart thing to do. It's a big deal these days. Inflation we've talked about on these spaces a couple of times now, and uh, just getting that additional revenues uh, avenues of cash. And then you know if we do have a recession or employers just need to tighten their belts and there are layoffs, then you have additional income streams to lean on, help you get you through any tough times, right? So all of these things are, you know, super important to keep in mind. And all of us here, uh, you know, we've had some experience either getting uh, a, a business started or are in the middle of doing that. And we can, we can share some of those experiences. And hopefully that helps you guys out there as well. Because again, cash flowing in is a big deal. And uh, there's just many ways to go about it. So, hey, Joe, France, Mr. France, how you doing today? Glad you could join us. G'day, Nate. Hello, team. Hi, guys. Great to be here. Yeah, Joe, maybe we can start with you, if you don't mind. I don't know, I'll put you right on the spot to start. But I know you've had some success in starting up a business. And um, I guess I would be interested to hear your thoughts on maybe – you know, for those who are really just thinking about it, right, just getting started, um, not not maybe not even taking the first step other than thinking about I, I want to do this, but I don't know really where to where, where to begin. Do you have any thoughts on what a good first you know step or initial steps would be? Yeah, um, great. And, uh, and, and this is, um, you know, this is right in my wheelhouse. Uh, so just by way of background. Um, I, I joined my first startup uh, a little over 20 years ago. So um, I helped, I co-founded um, three ad tech companies. And so we, you know, we built an ad agency and things like, um, things like that. Um, I also, um, you know, I actually had a, an exit from, from those businesses and, and uh, made a million dollars and invested that into a golf business of all things. And that, that business failed. And so I learned a lot about uh, what happens when a company that, you know, it never occurred to me. And I never believed that a company would crash, um, but that happened. And um, then, you know, so that was my fourth business. And um, I'm now um, officially into, interestingly, my 14th year as, a, as an entrepreneur. I've had 13 years in nine to five and 14 as an entrepreneur. So, um this this uh, my current business is called Independent New Ventures, and I was just thinking today. I'm pretty sure that this is going to be my last one. Uh, um, this this one is um, the one. So, um, for somebody starting out, and I'll just sort of start this uh, space off. I think by just one of the, the most classic things I think that we all do as entrepreneurs, and I see a lot of people doing it, and I did it myself, is just not allowing enough time uh, to grow. And hoping and expecting for results too soon, uh, you know, months, uh, with weeks or months, when in reality, it, it just, it, it definitely takes a lot longer to build a business, especially if you're building it by yourself, as a lot of people talk about here um, on, on, on X, um, solopreneurs. And there's, when you don't allow in enough uh, time, um, a whole lot of negative things can happen. But um, if I just give a couple from my own personal experience um, early on, uh, we uh, increased our costs because uh, we were in such a rush to grow and then we had to get funding on. And so this is something I think that, um, you know, some of you guys here on the panel will have experience with and will be interested to talk about. But we uh, started with angel investors and we burned through um, half a million dollars and then we started with, um, uh, we had SoftBank and, and IDG Ventures uh, came and invested um, a little over, uh, $14 million, I think it was. And we, you know, and we just kept growing. So growth at all costs. And some of the downsides with that were, were that we got very diluted. Uh, we lost actually control of, of the businesses. And we didn't, we weren't able to take things in a, in a direction that we wanted. Um, so that, that was some of the things that I experienced. Um, and 
Uh, so this time around, um, one of the things that I've been able to do is um, one, you know, I've saved and invested in the last 20 years. Uh, two, you know, I have, I had a bit, I had more than that six month emergency fund. And I did some things around uh, my cost bases, you know, I um, uh, house hacking, um, uh, got some rental income uh, from, from our property and things like that, so that I knew that I'd have at least a full 12 months uh, runway. And, um, you know, that, that, so that, that's the first thing I'd really say to someone who is thinking about um, starting the business is to have a, a realistic view of how long it takes and set yourself up uh, to succeed. Don't set yourself up so that you're um, constantly under pressure, um, feeling that if, you know, if you can't hit this milestone or, or whatever that, that you're going to, um, that you'll fail because um, it is good to have some pressure, but, but unhealthy uh, toxic pressure will, will almost certainly um, ensure that you don't, you don't make it. So that, that's, that would be how I would sort of start off today's chat. Yeah, that's really good stuff, Joe. And a couple of points I really t took away there that I want to kind of make sure we hit on some more is, uh, you know, the time frame, the time element of all of this. So regardless of, you know, if you're investing or you're trading or you're starting a business, um, whether it's online or, you know, brick and mortar style, like everything takes longer than you're going to expect. Like, I don't know anybody who goes in to, you know, be a trader like what I'm doing, for example, and they're like, yeah, I caught on to that way faster than I thought I would. Like, I just really don't ever hear that, you know. And uh, when it comes to building a business, you know, I've talked to a lot of people this year in particular about the online business. Joe, we've talked a lot about it. We've, we've talked to different circles of people and shared this info. And uh, the one thing that everybody that I've seen have a lot of success, um, they've been in it, in this, you know, online game for a couple of years. It's not like they just started three months ago. I mean, I'm sure there's exceptions to the rule, but like, you know, it takes a while to build things up and everybody has that like six month kind of mindset, like, oh, six months and I'm gonna be raking in, you know, huge amounts of money. I think that's possible. There's definitely uh, people who have set themselves up and have maybe the levels of knowledge and experience and they could do something that quickly. But the reality for, for most everybody and everybody I've talked to is, it, it takes years, right? And so, and what's what was interesting for me is at the six month mark, like, oh my goodness, could things have not slowed down and stalled out anymore, right? Like, I felt like I hit this massive wall um, in doing what I'm currently doing, um, and I just kept pressing forward. And, and luckily, I have some great, you know, I built this. Maybe network is another thing we should talk about here in a little bit, but um, you know, I had a great network to help keeping me go, keep me going, keep things pressing forward. And now I feel like I've gotten over that, you know, quote unquote, six month hurdle. And now two years no longer seems like a crazy thing to me. Like I've been thinking two years to get this set up would be a massive amount of time. I'm now 11 months into it basically. And I don't feel like two years is crazy at all, right? Like two years sounds like nothing. That sounds great. And uh, I can, I can, I'm super motivated more so now than, you know, before. And it all comes down to getting the expectations around time frame to be, you know, what you were getting at, Joe, understanding that this takes some time. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't, I, I didn't want to start on a, um, a, on a downside. And it's sort of funny, isn't it? That I, and I'm, I'm just not quite sure why it is that, you know, if, if we say to um, new entrepreneurs, you know, two years, you know, quite often you'll see their shoulders slump and their faces fall and, and, it, and it seems like such a long time. Um, uh, but, you know, it, I do actually believe that the fastest way to build wealth if you're starting from zero is actually to grow your own business. But you, you need to be realistic about that, that early stage um, of, of how long that takes. So let's talk about some of the fun stuff at that early stage, right? So... You mentioned you have to, uh, you know, kind of watch your costs, and that's definitely true. You don't want to end up um, in a spot where your 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 business is dictated by how much uh, you owe, right? And you don't want to find yourself just mounting in a, in a situation where you're just mounting debt. But there's some tools that you can go get, right, to help you out and help you be more efficient. And I personally enjoy, like, investing and buying these tools and learning them and using them and so on. 
Um, so that's something that, you know, I, it's motivated me to learn more about AI. I know we've talked about utilizing AI, chat GPT and the like um, quite a bit. And, you know, I'm, I'm knee deep in it. You know, I'm utilizing, I've been using Grok lately and just for simple stuff like gathering, ask Grok at the end of the day, what are the five biggest um, topics discussed in the trading world today? Because I want to make sure I didn't miss anything. Right. And I could go and peruse and scan or Google and try to find all these things, but like Grok just pulls through five, you know, the top tweets, the outlines, and you know, gives me the outline. Um, it's great. Like, you know, utilizing these tools is a lot of fun and it make you can really make the journey, you know, especially in the early, early stages, uh, just a, a lot of learning. And if you're a lifelong learner, then it's a ton of fun. Right. Um, and the other part of that is getting in groups and, and connecting with people that are like-minded and learning from them and building that network. Um, I know that sounds probably obvious, but um, it's a lot of fun early on when you get the right, and you can kind of connect with the right people who uh, have the same energy. And, you know, when you're, I don't know about you guys, but for me, trying to talk about this stuff with maybe family members and friends, there's just not a lot of people who are on the same page, right? They're not necessarily into the same kind of stuff. And so, you know, it might be a quick conversation where you can really get in depth with people if you build that network out, kind of like what we got here on this panel, have time to discuss things, bounce things off of idea, you know, ideas off of each other. And then I try to bring value uh, into all of these uh, arenas myself. So, you know, I want to make sure that I'm sharing what I know and uh, others can then, you know, feel like this is open forum. We're all here to help each other and have that kind of abundance mindset to get things done. Um, so, yeah, I, that's my favorite part about these early stages is like really connecting with just as many people as possible, um, seeing things grow, th seeing things build. And then you have these milestones that you start to hit, right? Like uh, for an investor or a trader, they might be hitting, you know, certain, you know, hitting, getting your first 100K under your belt, right? When you started with 5,000, you've been going for years or whatever it is. Um, there's milestones that you can hit that are just keep you going, keep you motivated. I mean, Kay, we talk about investing all the time. I don't think we've talked about um, ways that you keep yourself motivated for generating, you know, your your mission is generating extra income and outsized returns, right, and getting out of the grind. Um, what what do you do there? You want to share some of your secrets? Yeah, thank you so much, Nate, and everybody, good evening. Uh, good evening, good afternoon from wherever you are joining in. Um, it's, uh, I think, setting the expectation on realistic expectation for the year or for the quarter or half yearly because generally what ends up happening is if you set goals which are which you want to achieve but you cannot achieve in that desired time frame that you want you will come out most likely demotivated and that's what ends up happening with most cases now Nate touched upon um, how do I keep myself motivated to generate income or the side hustle so is to set realistic expectations. So for example, we I use selling option strategy as one of the income streams apart from the nine to five job and the side business that we run uh, is to have realistic expectations. So for example, if you have a smaller account like $5,000, you cannot generate 5,000 per month. Even though you will see on YouTube, a lot of folks will say earn $5,000 per month. It's not realistic possibly. And Nate, you can probably connect to this one. And most people on here, Folks that trade, they know generating that percentage of return with every trade becomes very difficult, especially in a volatile market. So I think setting expectations from a standpoint where, what is your realistic goal? So if you want to get to a million dollar, that's the top of the mountain. But what about the first step, right? What would be your, would it be $100? Would it be $1,000? That's up to you. Um, to keep myself motivated, I think I keep, myself in check, I do uh, do a reconciliation every month to see how much we have hit on that goal uh, from the income standpoint, since we are focused on generating income on a monthly basis. And if some month I'm not able to generate what my goal was, it's fine. You know, it's a, it's a long game we are in. And I think uh, there's a rush in the, in, in everything that we do. And I don't understand why do, why are we rushing? 
we have a long way to go. Like we're all gonna live for a while. I mean, assuming the thing happens. Do, okay? We got things to get done. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. I no, I, no I, I, I hear you, but I think that that thought process actually inhibits you from getting things done, because when you're rushing, you're not thinking. And when something goes wrong, and eventually it goes wrong at some point in time, right? Your trade goes wrong so many times, right? But if you push through the trade, you will most likely come out in a negative territory. So I think it's important that every every goal that you set, you have a defined time frame, and then you go back and check what and and see how things went, right? But you need that time, and I think that I also see that happening at work. Right when we do projects with larger clients, smaller clients, we tend to go and implement projects. And this, I, I might be diverting a little bit from the general discussion, but even companies do this. They don't want to go back and relook at how did they do things. So retrospective is very important, and retrospective will set your next goal in motion and get you realistic expectations. It's, it's difficult, but I think that is a good step to always keep checking back on your goal on where, how much you have done, what you have achieved, what are the things you need to fix. I think process improvement, I would say that is the word I want to do. That you need to do that. Yeah, the, taking time for to be retrospective is, uh, yeah, I think that's huge. And it takes time. That's the thing. That's why people don't do it enough, right? But the efficiency I think you gain on the other side is huge. And that's what you're saying, right? Exactly. Yeah, good stuff, Kay. I, I love it. Um, and, you know, overall, there's just a million different ways you can get into generating, you know, cash flows for yourself and starting a business or start, you know, it doesn't have to be a business. Um, Kay was just talking about investing and trading and, um, you know, how that helps him generate additional income. I do the same thing. But then also, you know, I've talked to a number of different people that, I mean, I've just I'm a talker. I'm, I get out there. I meet people. This is what I do. And I, I'm, I always will be that way. And, and that gets a lot of stories generated, which is why I continue to talk because I have all these great stories I can share now. Right. So I know, you know, of all these great success stories and it doesn't always require the long, hard slog. Like you can be building a business that's taking you years, but in the meanwhile, generating quick wins, right? Like for example, Got a buddy who's working right now. He's he's building his clientele, helping them coach uh, to to build better personal finance habits, right? And get out of mountains of debt. These are you know people who are successful, but just can't get out of their own way without you know bad spending habits and just you know making plenty of money but still living paycheck to paycheck. So that takes a while to build up this business and clientele. So what did he find out on the side? Is oh look. Uh, I learned how to, to run these social media ads. People want to know how to do this. I could run up really quick coaching. There's like tons of demand. I'm looped in with these people who want to know how to do this. Maybe I can just make some money running some quick coaching sessions, uh, you know, teaching how to, how to run these ads. And we put together a one pager. It took maybe a, a week to kind of get organized and reach out to a few people. Next thing you know, he had, I think, three maybe four clients uh loaded up there they pay them you know a few thousand dollars each and or maybe it's a couple thousand dollars each and boom he's made quick buck uh, leveraging stuff that he knows that he's taught himself and um now he's teaching others it's not in his wheelhouse but it was something that he's able to just generate some cash flow because he had a skill set that he you know saw was in immediate demand and so he leveraged it it's not what he wanted to do long term but now it's funded all of his startup stuff right he did enough of that coaching he didn't enjoy it but oh maybe he did but i don't think it's like what he really wanted to be doing and now he's got this funding just to do his startup so he can buy all the equipment he wants without having to go into debt for it or, or you know come out of his own personal accounts and it's just one way you can you know, one way to think about things is look for those small wins to help pay for the longer term, you know, goals and projects. Um, Rex, you know, we haven't got to you yet. And, and I know you've got some interesting stories to share, I'm sure. Um, I think you mentioned you started up your own uh, business at one point. So I'd be curious to hear what your thoughts are just on the topic in general and anything you'd like to share. It's always great to hear from you. Yeah, I definitely appreciate the option, Nate. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, loud and clear. 
Awesome. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So just a quick background give the audience a little perspective. Uh, my background is actually uh, in the more traditional brick and mortar type businesses. So uh, I helped open, uh, I had a long career uh, helping open retail restaurant uh, for a long time. I opened uh, six different locations and then uh, about seven years ago, I also started a brick and mortar uh, cafe concept uh, that I owned and operated uh, for a little over six years uh, up until last year. So I have a little bit of a different experience, you know, more traditional stuff versus I know a lot of people here on X are doing a lot of online business, which I think is just awesome. Uh, and, and for me, you know, the one thing I like to tell people, I'm really going to kind of piggyback on um, what Joe was saying here at the beginning and not to be like the negative Nancy, but, you know, I think it's really important for everybody to, before they get started on any type of journey to really take a good hard look in the mirror and decide if, if entrepreneurship is really something that's for them because starting a business, owning a business is not for everybody. I would argue that it may not be a popular opinion, but I would argue that 95% of people should be just really happy, successful, long-term W-2 employees because it's going to increase the likelihood that they just live a long, prosperous life, that they're happy, they have a great family, they make good money, and they retire really happy. Entrepreneurship is, it's really hard. Uh, there's, there's no really, you know, other way to say it, to sugarcoat it. Uh, entrepreneurs, business owners, business operators, there are no holidays. You're on 24 seven, uh, 365. You're always thinking about your business and you're ultimately, whether you're running a one person show and you're, you know, a solopreneur or you're running some sort of business more traditional, as I mentioned, uh, you know, you're really thinking about your employees and how you generate that next dollar, how you generate that next lead. So, of course, there's time off and stuff you get to take. I don't I don't mean you like we're working on Christmas here. But at the end of the day, you know, entrepreneurship is not something that's really easy to turn off. So I always tell people before they're interested in starting a business or buying a business or acquiring a business that's already existing is, you know, just make sure that they're willing to commit. Because I think the big mistake people make and Joe alluded to this as well is they're in it for the wrong reasons. They're, they're chasing the dollar. And of course, we're all here to make money, right? That's super obvious. That's why we're listening. That's why we're talking about starting a business. That's the obvious part. But what the not so obvious part is, is are you willing to go along for the journey as well? And uh, somebody told me uh, a few years ago, maybe five or six years ago, when I was uh, a little younger, that uh, entrepreneurship business is not about the rewards or the rewards you're seeking at the end of the at the end of the uh, you know at the end of the the road, so to speak. It's about the journey. And if you're not willing to enjoy the journey of entrepreneurship along the way, and the hustle and the grind and the blood and the sweat and tears that come along with it, then you're probably in it for the wrong reasons. Because as mentioned already here a couple of times, of course there are going to be quick wins, and you know maybe you can make a quick buck here and there, but the reality is, is that most of these things take years to uh, find any type of success. And anybody you find online, whether they're here on X, Instagram, brick and mortar stores, you know, all the celebrities that we know, some that we love, some that we hate. Uh, there's an analogy that really what you see is the tip of the iceberg. And if anybody knows anything about an iceberg is, you know, you see the tip, but we don't, you don't realize is that underneath the water is there's a ton of work. The iceberg is huge. You know, it goes down for hundreds and hundreds of feet below the water. And that's all the hard work that it takes to really get to that tip and, you know, start to show above the water. So, um, you know, again, not, not trying to scare anybody or be the negative Nancy, but I think it's really important that anybody who's thinking about starting a business or buying a business, acquiring an existing business, that they really understand that it's really hard work. It's a long journey. You have to be willing to enjoy the journey. And uh, last thing I'll mention that I think you were talking about a little bit, Nate, that I think has helped me along my journey and I would encourage anybody to do is really just trying to get in a network of other people that are doing what you're trying to do. So if you're trying to be, you know, an options trader, you need to be talking to options trader. If you're trying to be a solopreneur, you need to be talking to other solopreneurs. If you're trying to buy a laundromat, you need to be talking to other laundromat owners. You know, you really need to be talking to people who are where you want to be because wisdom and experience are the best teacher. And if you're not talking to people that are where you want to be, then you're going to step on some landmines and make some mistakes along the way that could deflate you, uh, slow down your journey and really discourage you. So I think it's really important that anybody who's interested in starting a business or buying a business that they talk to people um, to, to really get that advice and wisdom.
Yeah, well hey, said. Well said. Hey, Rex. Um, Nate. I, yeah, I was just gonna um, just jump in there because it, it, you know, it was really great. Um, you know, information from someone. Especially, I love that you've had this um, experience with restaurants. And you mentioned laundry mats. I have a friend who's who's growing one of those businesses at the moment, and, and I think they're great. Um, these are great business models. Um, but I, I, I just wanted to tell you what my um, my motivation is, you know, what gets me through, um, you know, because it is it is tough being an entrepreneur. But, you know, the really simple thing is what I found. I, I just don't like doing tasks that other people give me to do. It's just and it's that simple. And oh, no, uh, so the same way. Sorry. That just that just that's exactly me. And, and I just resonate with that. So I'll keep going. Sorry, man. Um, so I've, you know, I've even called my brand, um, independent you, um, ventures because, um, for me that it is just, that is why I do it. And it doesn't matter how tough it is. It's better than doing tasks that other people give me to do. And so I think it's my personality. It's my, um, my identity, uh, wanting to be independent and it's, you know, it's a declaration of independence, entrepreneurship. And so that, that's, what, that's what motivates me. Um, doesn't matter how difficult or how challenging it might be. Uh, it's, you know, money is, is a motivator, but it's not really for the money. It's, it's that I, I, love the, um, I love the strategy and the creativity and also the ownership that it's yours that you've, that you've done it. So that's what motivates me. Um, so, yeah, that, that's, yeah that's, what, that's why I do it. I love that, Joe. Yeah. Go, go for it, Rex. Oh, no, I was going to say, I love that. And I think the thing that separates entrepreneurs from people that maybe uh, are, are what I'll call entrepreneurs, people that want to be an entrepreneur, are you're self-motivated. Uh, are you self-directed, right? You just talked about how it gives you energy. It, it drives you. It's a fire inside of you to not have to take orders and not have to you know, take instructions from somebody else. Well, if you don't have that sort of opposite mentality and somebody has to constantly be pushing you to really, you know, do that next task, do that next project, set up that next, whatever it is on your job, you know, entrepreneurs are self-driven, they're self-motivated. Um, so again, it goes back to kind of looking at yourself in the mirror. If you don't have that fire in your belly, that just really never goes away. Uh, you know, you, you're going to get, you're going to step on, you're going to get uh, into a bunch of obstacles along the way in entrepreneurship. And if you don't have that fire and that passion to really push yourself through, um, it's going to be really hard for you in the long run. Okay, you have something you want to add? Yeah, and, and that is a very solid point because that you can even see in large organizations or more, you know, if you are aiming to get into those uh, FANG organizations or, or the top-notch organizations, one of the things that they look for in an individual is can they take ownership of the work? Because those days of where you would be assigned tasks by your managers are slowly going away, right? People have to take their own uh, career in hand. And that's what ends up even with larger organizations or even new startup companies. Like if you work for a startup firm, there is no structure, which means everybody has to wear their own hat and they have to do more. And they are not going to wait for you to get instructions from your manager or somebody else. And, and that same philosophy transitions into your personal life. If nine to five is something that you enjoy and you're fine with it, and I think everybody should make that decision on their own. Um, we love to hear stories about entrepreneurs. We love to hear stories about successful people. Everybody has their own path. And Rex pointed out very nicely, you might not need to be an entrepreneur because that journey is tough. Even if you're doing an online business, even if you're doing options trading, like in my case, I study options. I, I after the market after my nine to five, I spend almost two to three hours every day studying charts, learning, and I've been doing that for a good five six years now. But that's a time commitment I'm willing to put, and I'm happy about it. It might not be for the next person, right? So everybody has to find their own reason. And money comes, money will come. But if money is your primary motive, I think you will lose your way because you will get disappointment. And trust me, you will face disappointment when you are on that journey before you get the success. Yes, this is great. It's great. Yeah, it's going to... Oh, yeah, you, you go, Nate. I, I, I was going to... No, go... Joe, I'd love to hear it, man. What do you have okay. to say? 
Okay. No, I just, I, I just, um, it's, it's really interesting. I think what Kay said there is, is really accurate. And I think finding your own path is the key. Um, you know, so for me, I, I mentioned I had 13 years working in nine to fives and, and 14 years as an entrepreneur. So I've got a, I've got a good perspective of, of the, dif- you know, what's different. And I found in nine to five that um, I just, as I mentioned, I just didn't like, I didn't agree say with um, a strategy if there was one or if there, if there wasn't a strategy out of the company I was working at, that would really just, that really wind me up. And, and, but, you know, oftentimes, you know, I would, I would find fault, you know, with what, whether it's my manager or the, the company owner, or, you know, the, I always thought I had a better way of doing it. And you know what? I probably didn't. Uh, it's probably just how I'm wired. And I'm just, I'm just, I know that I'm happier when I'm doing, doing what I, my own thing and I can blame myself and don't, um, you know, so, um, I think that there's a lot of talk about, oh, you know, nine to five, you know, who would want to do that? Well, no, I mean, most of my family um, are nine to five. I've done it myself as well. And a lot of people can get a great reward from a, from careers. And I think that's amazing. So if you find something that you really like doing, it's great. And definitely the security of a salary and all those other kind of things, um, you know, there's, there's tons of positives with it. So I never want to say, this is better or that's better. I think as Kay put it, um, you find your path and, you know, I've, I've had a, um, what is it now? So I'm saying 27 year career and uh, half and half almost. And I just, I, I just know over time, I know myself what I prefer. And so for me, that stimulation of, um, and the pressure, you know, of having it, it's all on me. Um, I love that. And that's what I want. And so, you know, uh, you find out, don't you? And and so I do encourage people to to try. And and I think the great thing now is you can start a side hustle and test it for yourself. You know, the the first stage uh, Nate mentioned all the tech and the fun things. Um, there is a honeymoon phase, and and that's probably going to be three to six months. But then then you'll find out, um, you know what, uh, how you really feel about it. And I think that that might be. Um, a good topic to, to move into at some point would be how to choose, you know, what you do. But, but anyway, that's, that's my feedback uh, a little bit on what Kay was saying and Rex, you know, comparing nine to five with working um, with being an entrepreneur. Yeah, this is gold. You guys, like I, I couldn't agree more with the comments around wanting, needing to have some desire and passion in around what you're doing. It doesn't necessarily have to be like your ultimate passion. Um, you can have other passions outside of what you're doing, but like it's got to be something you wake up every morning and are excited about. And, you know, there's a huge difference between when I was waking up and just going to the nine to five. I remember, you know, the alarm snooze button, however many times, right? Like rushing out the door, all of that. And, now I still got the nine to five, but I've got all this other stuff going on. So I literally wake up before my alarm goes off. Now I'm up, I get out of bed, I'm off and running and I don't really stop. Um, I mean, I take my breaks and, you know, I've shared with Kay, one of the secrets, you guys, if you can get away with it is slipping in like a little 30 minute nap somewhere in your late afternoon, evening. I'm telling you it works wonders. Um, but then I will keep going well into the evening um, until I'm just so tired I have to stop. And it's because I just am thoroughly excited about what the future is, you know, looking like and what I'm working on currently. So you have to enjoy the process, right? This is a big part, I think, of what we're talking about because the process is like 98% of it. And then then you get the rewards at the end. Um, hey, I've got a great story I want to share with you guys here about somebody who started literally with a small loan, and a couple of pieces of equipment and built it into a multi-million dollar uh, enterprise and got all of his friends rich doing it. And uh, it's, it's a story that I think, you know, can, can apply to just anybody who wants to start a business. You can, uh, you know, if you guys are listening along, just think about how all these different steps this guy took um, can apply to what you're doing here. So I'll get to that here in a minute. Eric, I know you joined us just a little bit late here. I just wanted to make sure I gave you a mix. I don't know how much time you've got, but uh, I know you're starting a business currently. And uh, if you have some time to share, just like what from your experience, you know, what would you advise folks or what would you say some of some things you enjoy or what would you like to share this evening on on this business of starting a business? 
Yeah. I mean, for me, um, you know, the advice I was given was to look at my bookshelf, you know, what, what did I have the most books of? And for me, it was, you know, centered around personal fitness is kind of, which is why I got into this space, but you know, you got to find something you're passionate about and I apologize for being late. So I'm repeating stuff. Other people have said, um, my bad, but yes, I think, you know, being passionate, that helps if you're, if you're not driven to help others, add value to others, give other, give to others, then you're going to die out pretty quick. You know, and I think, I think I, I learned pretty quickly was consistency was, was the critical piece. You know, I, I got in and I've started businesses previously. I let them kind of peter out just because I wasn't consistent. I didn't stick with it. A lot of it, when I look back, it was because I wasn't passionate about it. Right. It wasn't something I, like you said, you know, I woke up in the morning, I was excited to jump out and, you know, create content or do X, Y, Z. You know, it was just something that was kind of a hobby. It was kind of fun, but you know, I'd like to dabble in it, but it really wasn't, you know, a long-term passion. So you know, that, that's, that's what's been driving me, you know, again, just being consistent. I, mean, I, I was talking to another fellow creator and the kind of the advice I was given was if you stick with it for, you know, every day for a couple of years, it's, it's really hard not to succeed. I mean, clearly there's no guarantees in life. And, but if you look at the number, I mean, even since I started, I started in January last year. So I'm coming up on, you know, one year on this platform, I'm coming up on one year of kind of, you know, in this creator space and, the number of people I remember, you know, jumping in, you know, I did 30 for 30 or chip 30. And, you know, the number of people I was in that with that I don't see anything from anymore. The number of people I did other, you know, cohorts or courses or any other was in other discord groups that are, you know, long gone that aren't creating. The last time they created content was, you know, eight months ago is, is astonishing. I mean, I bet there's probably a 90 plus percent attrition of all the people in all those groups. So just sticking with it. I mean, being consistent, I think that's kind of the topic for tomorrow's night as well if i remember correctly nate but you know it's, it's hard to fail if, if you stick stick it out and find something you're passionate about and show up every day so and that's kind of what i've been trying to do and you know as I, I i make failures i try to keep moving forward you know you don't fail until you quit so keep putting one foot in front of the oar as i learn you know from people like you and others on this this panel and you know others in the space you know i try to try to get better every day and you know try to share the value and knowledge that I have and, you know, things that you know, pulled me out of the debt that I was in and got me into a point where I'm, you know, million plus net worth. And I, I think it's achievable for everyone if you put your mind to it. So and my passion is helping others do that. So. I love it, Eric. I mean, every time I chat with you, I come away like fully motivated and, and we're, we talk about just a myriad of different things and uh, yeah, it's great to see what you're doing. Um, I, I'm honestly excited to see where you're going to be at in a year from now. And, you know, everybody uh, that's listening, if you haven't already, make sure you're giving these speakers a follow. All of them have tons of great information they share. They'll improve your timeline, no doubt about it. And uh, they're spending some time this evening sharing their knowledge with us. It's good stuff. I'm learning a lot. And uh, again, like, I mean, I, I connect with each and every one of these speakers and, uh, on a fairly regular basis and just met Rex recently looking forward to connecting with him more often. And, you know, I learned a ton every time I do. Sorry, getting a phone call probably blipped out for a second, but I learned a ton every time I do. And uh, yeah, it, it's, it's part of building a business is you're constantly learning constantly. Um, so, and, you know, a lot of us are building, trying to build online. I, I do think that the brick and mortar, there's a ton of us trying to do that as well. And this story I'm going to share, it's more on the brick and mortar side, but it applies. Like everything applies. And uh, and it's interesting, right? Because, I mean, we're all in the, a lot of us in the finance realm, um, you know, talking about markets and building businesses, but we don't really talk about digging ditches and uh, running, working construction and paving, you know, parking lots. Right. But this guy that I'm talking about, that's how he started. And that's what his business was. So your business doesn't have to be sexy and you can become a multimillionaire. And this guy didn't have any money. It was a buddy of mine. I've known him my whole life. And uh, he started off with a loan that he took out so he could, um, you know, from his brother of all people, uh, you know, like, cause he, He's neat, you know, that's that's who he could go to. Uh, he bought a small tractor, a paver, and a paver is like, you know, literally you throw the hot asphalt in and you pave uh, in the hospital, you know, it comes out flat and you got a steamroller and all this, you know, fun stuff. 
And mind you, this is in the Arizona desert heat. And this is where he started his business. But that's what he did. Tractor and a paver. Like, I think it was like $10,000 or something like that. A couple, maybe a couple $10,000. And he started off just doing small jobs. And so his whole mission during the first part of this phase was minimal expenses and pay off that loan as quick as I can. Because then, you know, when he paid off his the loan to his brother, it allows free cash to flow up, you know, to, to open up, excuse me, that he was paying him to now reinvest into the business. And that's like the key. Reinvesting into your business early on is how you compound your growth and accelerate your growth. And so that's what he did. He just continually reinvested. You can't pave parking lots and roads with just a tractor and a paver. You have to rent a water truck. You have to rent a steamroller. You know, there's other pieces of equipment that are needed. If you're doing the dirt work, you might need a scraper or a blade. You know, there's all this equipment. How do I know? I worked for this man for five years, right? When I was in my early 20s, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I worked for him. I learned all this stuff. And that's how I you know, learned the ins and outs of his business. And what he did was he went from renting to slowly building up enough money to he would buy his first piece of equipment. And he was very strategic about that, right? Like, which is going to give me the biggest bang for my buck? You know, you might have heard of the snowball method for paying off debt, kind of the same approach, right? And and so he bought the piece of equipment that he knew if he had all the time um, a quality blade that he could hire a quality blade man to go out and do all this additional work that wasn't even paving. It would just be doing this grading work for landscaping. And, and so it opened up his business to do more, but it also opened up more paving work. So he's broadening what he can do and he's building out assets within his company. And he just rinsed and repeated that process over and over over the years. So that's you know that's one element. The other, another element is he didn't just do this on his own. He was very strategic about who he brought into the company and to help run things for him. Right. So uh, he needed an, somebody who could go bid on jobs and and bid on proposals and figure that out. So. Um, I think he ended up actually just hiring somebody for that. He didn't know anybody, right? So he had to go through and do all these interviews. But the point is he he, he was able to find people that over the years he trusted. He he brought them in. Uh, he built the trust and the good rapport with them. And he didn't just treat them as employees. He brought them in. So it took several years, but he 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 kept telling them, like, look, you know, you're a big part of this business. I want to make you, you know, an even bigger part. And the business kept growing and growing. And when it got to the point of, hey, we're going to really expand. And, um, you know, there's opportunity here to now divvy up the size of the business. It's so big that they could actually share ownership. That's exactly what he did, right? So these guys that had been working for him for 10 years, the whole way he took care of them, like, you know, there's little things that pop up, like if you didn't use, you didn't have a bunch of claims uh, for insurance throughout the year, the insurance company would kick back a big check. And most businesses just take that money, right? Uh, no, this guy, he would give it. He would he would say, hey, you guys didn't have any accidents this year, you, you know, or you have few minimal accidents. He would share that wealth back with everybody and divvy it all out. He built loyalty. He had people working in for him for to, you know, over a decade in a business where the turnover, like people leave every six months. Um, and so he did all that because he was very intentional and very purposeful and very thoughtful about who he brought in as much as he could. He had the turnover. He had the six month, you know, employees. I mean, it's part of the business. But when he found the right people, he latched onto them and he made them feel like very valuable and uh, part of the future. Right. And when you have people working for you like that, that buy in, they are going to make your business a success. Like you will have to try hard to fail. And, uh, you know, once he got that going and built it up, he got near retirement age a little bit early and that was it. He's, he cashed out and he's doing, I think he's like two thirds of the way through visiting every single baseball stadium in the United States. I know they've been in a different country like every year for the past several years traveling around, have a good time of it. And it's all because of how very intentional he was throughout the whole process, not just on your money or your time,
but also the people a- a- aspect of it was huge. I think that probably maybe the biggest thing for him. And uh, yeah, like we said, it took a little while, but this guy also one of the funnest people I've ever met. Like he has a great time everywhere he goes. He would, you know, use like, for example, he'd have to go to auctions in Las Vegas to buy equipment. All right. Well, we're not just going to go to the auction, right? Like they would go to Las Vegas, right? This is a good time. Like we're going to have a good time of it. I mean, construction's not great. So when your guys are out there grueling and you know, working hard and you can take a small crew or a small you know team to Las Vegas for an auction and show them a good time, you do it. And it's a business expense, right? You can write these things off. So, you know, there's, there's ways to make it a good time um, and very, be very strategic so that you can almost, I don't want to say ensure success, but you can get really close, put the odds in your favor. Right. So anyways, I really love that story because I mean, it's construction, right? Like so basic. Hey, Joe, Nate, uh, I think, yeah, 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 I was going to say, I think, I think it's a great story and I think it's um, an interesting one perhaps for the listeners who are, you know, often tuning in to hear investment advice. And I think it's a really good example of, um, you know, one of the benefits you get from um, doing a business or at least studying it is that you understand what makes a business successful. And, um, you know, uh, I'm sure that you guys do this in your investment analysis, but you look at the function, what is the function of a business? And so a really easy way to explain that is, is what will make the business scale. And so you're, you're talking about this, this friend of yours, the guy that you work for, and, and it seems that, um, you know, the thing that made his business scale, the function was a function of technology, the equipment. And so how was it that he could scale? Um, he needed to get the equipment. Um, and so that was, you know, so when you want to plan, um, you are going to be thinking about um, what are the elements that will make my business grow. And I, and I love how you mentioned that he was strategic and how he did that. And so generally, um, most businesses that I've kind of, that I look at um, that are simple enough for me to understand, it's either a function of uh, the technology, it may be a function of people. So in order for you to scale, uh, you may need to get more people. And, and that's, for example, an agency model. And that's actually one of the reasons that I, I don't personally enjoy um, the agency model because it's so dependent on people. And, um, you know, that, that they can, people are your most expensive resource. And so... I usually like to find models that, that are not based on, on that. Um, and then there are some businesses where it's just a function of, of your clients. So it's a function of sales. Um, you know, you, your, your equipment and, and your product is, is fixed. And so the way for you to scale that is, is to just, um, you know, do a lot more sales. And so I think um, understanding these things will make you uh, a much, much better investor as, as well as a business person. Yeah, well said, Joe. I, I couldn't yeah, agree I think, more. Go ahead, yeah, I think Joe, yeah, I think Joe hit the nail on the head here. Is uh, when you're investing, you can actually use your. I'm I'm assuming and I'm hoping most folks are doing a nine to five job, right? So you are working. If you're doing a nine to five job, most likely you are in some kind of an industry, and your knowledge of that industry of that company is invaluable, and you can actually use that knowledge into your investing. Uh, or, you know, to create businesses, to invest better, and even trade. Um, so those are a couple of, you know, that was a great idea, actually, Joe. Yeah, I love it. Thanks, these things thanks, These things definitely thanks, apply, right? Like, and that's what you're saying, Joe, is it? it's not just like, think of it in a silo, like the, the story I shared, the construction company, it applies in multiple arenas. Totally. I mean, maybe if we could just go back around to that, um, you know, what do I choose? You know, how do I start a business? You know, what do I choose? And I, and I think this is probably like the reason that uh, 80% of businesses fail in the first two years is because people get this first part wrong. And, and, uh, and I think um, uh, the most common thing that you'd see is, is people um, see another business that looks good and they'll copy that. So you, you imitate. Um, and, and I think that um, that, it's not a good formula to to start a business. Um, and so, so I think what you really want to, uh, and then the second thing that they'll do is maybe they have a skill and they say, okay, um, I'm just going to, I'm going to take this series of steps. So they plan. Um, and, and then um, the thing that's missing in all of that is the strategy. 
right? And and I talked about it a little bit last week, and it's just you know it's one of the things that I um, love the most because it's it really uses a creative part of your brain. But um, you can be very creative with business and with investing too, right? And what we're doing is we have a a, a theory, and what what you do with when you start a business is uh, you should really think, um, what is my theory? Um, you know, and so um, you know, Nate's mentioned a business that was based on. Um, you know, had, there was probably, I imagine, a strategy around there was probably a shortfall of um, technology or a need. And, um, you know, he, he saw a long runway. Um, I, I have a friend who um, sold his business. Uh, they sold the business for $210 million, um, so about $150 million US. And the opportunity, the theory that they had was they saw, um, I don't know if you know these uh, kind of ventilation, it's residential housing. And the ventilation moves the air around the house, and the technology, you know, so that if you're in one room and you've had the heater on or the or the the fire the fire's been on, it'll actually transfer the heat around the house so that you know you reduce your the cost of your um, uh, heating and all and, and electricity and all these kind of things. So what they saw the opportunity was their theory was that this is a perfect technology to sell door to door which is something that we had done together, um, a, a group of us had done. And they saw this technology and they went to China. They got the license for it for our country, for New Zealand. And um, they went and just went selling door to door because that was they knew that they could do that. And they actually just, they borrowed their last, uh, two of them borrowed their last dollars. And they went and they got this technology and they went selling it door to door. They sold it and they ended up selling this business to the largest um, electricity company in, in our country for $210 million, uh, making about um, 70 million each, about 40 million US. And um, I haven't talked to him much in the last couple of years because he doesn't, he doesn't use a phone anymore. <laughs> we don't, we don't even, he just, uh, just completely went off the grid and, and uh, I think he's doing something with schooling and helping kids with education and stuff, but he, he made it. And um, his theory, uh, so, so just to, you know, when you're thinking about a business, think about what your theory is and does that, if, if that theory proves to, you know, the hard thing with a strategy is you, you can't be sure that you're going to be successful, but you, you think, imagine what would happen if it did, then you're in a position to win. And there's an example of someone who did that and, and won uh, big time with it. So I find that um, kind of thinking, you know, very exciting and that, that I find that very motivating. I love it. Good stuff. You know, we've talked about a lot of great topics here. One that we didn't get to, and I think really applies big time to, especially if you're trying to establish a social media or an online business, or just tied into, you know, spreading the word about your business online, right? So it may not be like an online business. Maybe you're, uh, you know, running gyms and, and coaching or, or classes at gyms or something like that. Um, and it's in, in health fitness, but you want to get your word out utilizing, uh, you know, social media platforms like X. Uh, big key, right? We talked about networking, but really what ties into it, or at least is like related tangentially, um, is distribution. So getting the word out to large, uh, a large audience is, you know, one of the hardest things to do uh, without shelling out a ton of money for advertising and marketing, right? And so the best way to do that is word of mouth. And, you know, just use Tesla, for example. I mean, Tesla is not known for marketing at all, right? But word of mouth is how everything's gotten gotten going. And then plus you've got, you know, obviously Elon Musk at the top um, doing all the things he does that draws attention to the company, which kind of serves as marketing on its own. Um, that you know, that kind of energy, he created his own marketing distribution channels, so to speak, right? Like people knew where to go to find out about the latest things on Tesla. And you didn't actually have to be out there, you know, spending tons of money on advertising dollars. It's just one example um, on a smaller scale, looking at, you know, what we're doing here. I was just, you know, some of the folks on the panel here um, and, you know, maybe you out in the audience getting that distribution, like how do you get your ideas out in front of, you know, thousands of people and not just does, you know, tens and tens of people as the joke goes. And there's a number of tricks. And I think the biggest 
the biggest thing is you've got to be willing to be active and put yourself out there and offer value, right? So there's always the talk about, hey, you know, re- engage with other big accounts and start building momentum that way. Um, but also, you know, look at where you get the biggest bang for your buck and really lean in. Um, if these spaces are something that you're comfortable with doing and you enjoy you know, sharing ideas and bantering and sharing the stage, then, you know, this is a great way to really start building your, you know, who you are and what you're doing. And the best way to do it is just to, you know, DM, you know, the hosts of these spaces, you know, I'll, I'll gladly listen and talk to whoever um, to see, you know, what you, what your interests are and getting out there and start talking. And then you have to be consistent about it. Because once you start gaining that consistency, that's where the credibility comes in. And when credibility comes in, that's where you can really start building um, that network, which helps you with that distribution. Because, you know, I hope that makes sense. You know, Joe, does that does that ring a bell? Does that resonate with you, like, as far as what I'm getting at? Because tomorrow we're going to talk about consistency, and I think it ties into, you know, that consistency helps lead to this distribution I'm talking about. Hey, I'm, I'm very glad to answer as long as I'm not talking too, too much. But um, Never. Yeah, please please do. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, so, so this actually leads, you know, so I, I just mentioned that when you're thinking of what kind of business should I do and, and you have a theory, um, you know, whether that be a, a bricks and mortar, brick and mortar or, you know, offline or online business, you know, what's your theory? And just as an example, my, my theory is that, um, you know, we had um, the work from home kind of um growth of work from home and then then we had the uh, quiet quitting and and um you know i just i just see more and more people wanting to create their own business and and i believe most of them or many of them will start with a service and i reckon i believe that um 80 90 percent of them have pre- probably never had to sell before and i did a lot of selling so so i'm building a, a business around helping those people who suddenly find themselves in a position that they need to need to sell so so that's my sort of my theory um, but the second thing that you need to do, and this comes to the distribution and how you get yourself out there and how do I create word of mouth, is you need to connect your personal story to your theory and to, to the product that you've created with your theory, right? So product or service, right? And so I think that um, the thing I see a lot of people doing is, is they start doing something, but they haven't said um, why they're doing it. And so I think if you can answer these questions, and, and I know, Nate, you've probably heard me say this before, but... Um, why you're doing what you're doing, um, why is that important, and why you're the best person to do it. And if you can connect your personal story to the product or service that you created, it suddenly becomes very easy to talk about it. And then all you have to do is find the right channels to, to talk about it. And, you know, we have plenty, um, Twitter, LinkedIn, and, and all those kind of things. So, But to me, I think, um, and especially having spent a year now um, you know, working out what it is I wanted to say and what I wanted to do. And it does take time. And, and I think that's, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to explain why it takes time. It seems like, why didn't I think of that six months ago? But it does take time. But I think it's those two things, you know, create your theory and your thesis, right? And then, then ask yourself, why, why would I do this? Why am I the best person to do it? Um, and why is this so important? And if you can answer those three questions, then I think that you've got a story that you can that you can share, and that's how I think you get that um, networking and the distribution that you're talking about, mate. Good stuff, Joe. Definitely. So uh, I want to you know wrap this one up. We're going to talk about consistency tomorrow, but before we wrap up, you know, I was I was taking a look, Rex. Like I mentioned, just kind of getting to know you recently, and I'm glad that we are uh, connecting here on Spaces. And you know, you're just taking a look at your bio. It says. You know, small business owner and real estate investor with 16 plus years uh, of operating businesses and uh, over $7 million of capital raised. So you've got obviously had a lot of success there and a lot of experience. As far as, you know, that goes, is there anything that, you know, any one maybe uh, experience you've had that stands out the most or just something you would recommend that really just stands out from your experience overall you'd want to highlight for folks listening? Yeah, no, I appreciate the question. There's so many different things we can talk about. And uh, depending on what you're doing, I mean, this answer may or may not apply to you, but I think it'll sit well with the audience either way. I think one of the big reasons that I've experienced myself that businesses fail 
when you're talking about starting uh, a brick and mortar business, an online business, um, a SaaS company, I mean, the list goes on and on of companies is a lot of times they go into projects and they don't have enough capital. Uh, they end up going out of business, not because they don't have an awesome product or service, uh, but necessarily because they don't have enough money going in. And I know we've alluded to this a few times throughout the conversation. Uh, it's been mentioned several times that these things take way, way longer than the average person thinks. So, you know, for example, let's just say, Nate, you were really good at baking cupcakes and you wanted to start a cupcake shop. You know, it's like your favorite thing. You love baking cupcakes. So you decide one day you're going to open up Nate's Cupcakes, right? And in your head, you know, everybody, your friends, your family tell you you make the most amazing cupcakes. You're going to dominate the world. Well, you start putting your business plan together, whether you have the personal capital or you're going to use an SBA loan or you're having friends and family capital come in. What's going to happen 95% of the time, especially if you're not an experienced entrepreneur, is you're not going to start with enough cash in your bank account to get the whole thing started. And a lot of times, uh, somebody said this earlier, I think it was Joe who, who mentioned the term honeymoon period, which is something that I think is uh, super common in anything, but especially in business where you know, anytime you start something, whether it's a product, uh, you launch a product, you start a product, you open a, a, a restaurant, you open a cupcake shop, doesn't matter what you're doing. You go through this honeymoon period where things are amazing. You know, you've got a line out the door, people are lining up for your product. And then that uh, spark kind of simmers because things kind of settle back down to what I'll call like your base. You know, it's where you have to build off of. It's the foundation. It's the floor. And from there, you want to build up. Well, a lot of people don't start with enough cash. So they end up in a situation where they go out of business because uh, they run out of money. So, you know, as I'm talking to people who are interested in starting any type of brick and mortar business, uh, whether they're, it's a landscaping company, a construction company, a cupcake shop, whatever it might be. I always tell people, you know, really don't plan on making any profit in this types of businesses, at least for probably your first 12 months, if not a little bit longer. Um, so it's better to uh, over prepare and really make sure you go in there well capitalized, even if that means you have to partner with somebody. You know, one of the things we didn't talk about today, that's kind of my uh, expertise, I would say, is is finding partners. You know, we've been talking about sort of starting a business and we didn't really get into the nitty gritty on the how. But, you know, you don't have to do these things on your own, which is something I would highly encourage anybody who's thinking about starting like a legit business, not just like a solopreneur venture, is find a partner to go in with you, right? Find somebody that can, you know, bring some money to the table or bring some some time to the table because, you know, you can't do everything on your own. And that's going to really increase your likelihood of success. So you can find capital partners, find money partners to help you start a business and help you really survive, um, you know, those first 12 to 18 months because they are really challenging. So uh, I don't want to, you know, take up the mic much longer, but I'll just leave you with that saying, you know, if you're starting any of these projects, they're going to take longer than they, uh, you think they are. And then you really got to make sure you're well capitalized. It's a great point, Rex. And I, I would just maybe add to that, that even before then, um, you might want to try joining a startup, which is something I did and, and I got equity and, and I, and I got to learn a little, but I, you know, there was, there was, there was actually three of us co-founded and then we had more partners come in. So you know, we had a lot of fun. It was five years and, and I learned a lot. Um, and I, I just don't think I could have started out actually as a, um, you know, as a individual entrepreneur. So I think it's a great point. And just to, I agree. Uh, yeah, just, ahead, to just to add to that, what Joe was mentioning, interestingly, if you actually work for a startup company, you would really understand the mechanics of how to do business because every single point that Rex has talked about you can see that in startup companies. Startup companies, you have a very small amount of employees. Sometimes you might be doing work across cross-functionally. When you work for a larger organization, you become very isolated. So the you are just a very small cog in a very big wheel. But in a small startup company, your small wheel or small cog actually, you know, it represents that you're part of a much machine that you can actually move around and you can see a lot more. So you can get access to finance, HR, tech, you know, sales, everything is when you work for a startup. It's difficult to get into startup if you don't have the experience, but there's always somebody who's going to give you a chance if you are looking to it. Great stuff, guys. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, I would just add too, if you are building, because I love this idea of, of not doing this alone. And if you are building, like maybe 
a business that is yours and, and it's a single person, you know, kind of an adventure, but you want to do this with others. Maybe there's others that have similar businesses or at least uh, relatable, relatable businesses so that, you know, when you set up an online site, maybe uh, you could try this model, right? There's a single site that's like, hey, uh, you want to learn, every, you know, a couple different languages or you want to go to a hub to be able to, this might be not a good example, but just roll with me here. You want to learn multiple languages. Well, you can go and find, you know, the different courses and instructors, but maybe there's this one spot that you can go to that's focused on providing individuals with, you know, a tutoring to learn different languages. And so you've got one person who tutors, you know, Spanish and another one who tutors German, another one who tutors, um, you know, Mandarin, whatever. Um, they're all running their own individual sites, right? They've set up their own businesses to teach Mandarin, to teach Spanish, to teach Italian, whatever, to teach German. But they all want to drive traffic to their sites. So they all use the one like kind of home base site for learning languages. And everybody points the traffic towards that site, right? Where there's links back to, you know, whatever business you're, you're running as an individual. That's how you can partner up with people, generate more traffic that might get to you, right? Because your traffic is going to see their links, you know, their sites, and then their traffic is going to see your sites and so, so on and so forth. Now, that's another way to go about building your own thing without doing it just on your own. Um, so, yeah, hopefully all of this information you guys have been sharing has been resonating. I know it's been helping me quite a bit. I'm taking a ton of notes and uh, going to be going back over this space for sure because I'm building a business and uh, I'm going to be applying a lot of what I learned from you guys and probably hitting you with a few questions. So everybody listening, be sure to give this panel a follow if you haven't already. And uh, I think most of us, if not all of us, will be back tomorrow and we'll have some additional speakers. We're going to talk about consistency, a lot of tricks to it, how to actually do it and not make it seem like monotonous and a torturous kind of a thing. And all the stuff you unlock by being consi consistent. Um, believe me, this year has proven that to me tenfold. So hopefully you can join us and we'll be back tomorrow night, same time. Thanks again for tuning in. And guys, Thanks for joining me on the panel here. You all were great as always. Shared a lot of great info. Hope you all have a good night.